around our philosophy club, where lifelong friends discuss life's questions. This episode is the first half of a meeting we did on July 2nd, 2023, with Mike, Katie, Ben, Akeem, Matt, McKenzie, and Logan, where we talked about tattletailing. Let's do it. The classic sound. Anybody got any topics? Um, so I have one that I hadn't uh, really... I don't know. I only just was like, it came to me yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you why. Um, but I'm interested in the idea of snitching or like being a tattletale. Um, you want to it out. Yeah. Well, because I think it's like my gut reaction is just like very, very anti-snitching. Uh, like I, I think I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't approve of it. I think almost ever, maybe, maybe never, but probably certainly almost never. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I, I mean, I'm sure, I guess my question is, is, um, is snitching wrong? Or maybe we could say, we'd say tattletailing or I don't know if those are different things, but I think they're the same, basically. Um, they just have sort of different connotations. Um, is it wrong? And if so, is it wrong at every level? Is there like, um, like is low grade, like, I don't know, like, yeah, tattletailing bad, but. Uh, informing on like a murderer not bad um uh, i don't know where i'm just curious to hear y'all's gut reaction thoughts on that i guess so are you saying that like turning someone in for murder is distinct from tattletailing is distinct um so i don't know i can tell you so my, my first thoughts on this were that like it may be acceptable to sort of snitch or tattletale if um, by doing so, you like help to protect other people. Um, so like if this is like someone who's like committed murder that you know of, I guess, who you have reason to believe will again, um, yeah, probably, I guess you should tell on them, like you should report them. Um, but like if for whatever reason someone committed a murder or something, or maybe, maybe, maybe it was an accident, maybe it was like a manslaughter type situation, and you have every reason to believe they probably never will again as far as nearly as you can be certain i kind of don't think you should probably turn and <laughs> I, I don't know um but uh, it, i think it may also depend on how like close you are with the person um because i think like a friend of mine like a close friend i would probably not turn in almost under any circumstances a stranger would take i would have to probably i don't know it would be different i guess but i, I don't know if it ought to be different yeah, wait, so hold on. So you you witness a murder happen on the street and you don't know the murderer, but you like you should probably turn them. In. You should okay. probably turn that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you tackle them to the ground and say, wait, yeah. hold on, I can't tattletale. Oh. Yeah, because I guess I I've got like no data there on whether or not they will or will not continue. Yeah, the murderer's like, trust me, I won't do it again. Like I swear. <laughs> Bro, pinky like, promise. Yeah, I got great. you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I guess so, so. Yeah. So that's that's a good obvious example on one end. Um, but then like the other end, like little like five year old childhood tattletaling um, feels just like so obviously wrong and stupid. Like, uh, I don't know, like I, I, I have very little respect for anyone who would encourage that sort of a thing. Um, and so like, uh, I don't Why are you judging five year olds on their morality. Um, question. Uh, somewhere someone's got to tell like hey look that was a dick move little kid like you shouldn't be doing that 
Uh, otherwise, he says the guy who just uh, came from 4-H volunteering, like, Michael, is there a story we should know about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, like, there are instances of tattletailing and things like that. I gotta be like, look, this isn't an issue. This is not a thing you need to tell me about. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's that's a conversation that has to be had sometimes. I was such a tattletale as a kid. As a little <laughs> kid. As a little kid. Oh, my God. But Michael, it makes a lot of sense that you being a brother are not the tattletale and me being older sister. I feel like sister, that's like every sister's going to tattle. Right, Mackenzie? Oh, she's gone. Right, Logan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's my thought. And to answer your question. If somebody asks, I'm not going to lie about it, mm-hmm. but that's my general rule of thumb. If if it is something that you know that, that nobody notices, then I'm just gonna leave it. So Logan did something wrong. I'm not gonna tell on him. But if my parents ask, "Hey, was the TV on?" I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, Logan was watching TV." <laughs> okay, so let's say your friend Raskolnikov comes to you and says, "Hey, I killed this Lizaveta chick. I promise it's a one-off thing. See, I stole these watches and hid them." Um, do you turn them in or like, is it, and like, what's keeping you? Is it just your friendship? Are you just, is it just that your loyalty, your friends is worth more than turning in Raskolnikov or, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think probably so. Um, and maybe this also goes back to like the, uh, like Raskolnikov probably ought to turn himself in, which I guess he, he learns by the end of the book. Um, (laughs) but, um, I don't think I would probably turn Raskolnikov in because, I mean, I guess it's been since high school since rating Crime and Punishment, but from my understanding is I would say that anyone who knew him particularly well, although maybe there wasn't anyone who knew him particularly well, and that was also an issue, but if someone did know him particularly well, they would probably know that he was not likely to do that sort of a th- Well, actually, I don't know. He did kind of do it a lot. For no- <laughs> he kind of did it for no reason. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know. That's tricky. Like, I probably would not, but I would start... I would, monitor that situation pretty closely i think um but i i would i would be pretty conflicted about whether or not to turn in raskolnikov if i would you as personal friend would you encourage him to turn it himself or would you just stay out of it i think i would probably encourage him to turn it himself um or maybe i would at least we would at least probably have the conversation about like well who is being hurt by you going unpunished um, and the answer uh, the book seemed to suggest was clearly him. Um, but if no one else, then maybe, maybe you get away with it, Raskolnikov. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. So, uh, what about, uh, what about whistleblowers? Like in the, uh, the economist actually this week had, uh, they do an obituary, uh, and, uh, this week's was on the guy who leaked the Pentagon papers. And um, evidently, like, he was, he had had some experience in the military. Uh, he got recruited by McNamara or whatnot to, like, run analytics on the Vietnam War. And so had access to the Pentagon papers that showed that, like, it was not going well at all. Um, and then after, like, three or four years of, like, waffling with this idea of, like, wow, we're really just lying to the American people. He then leaked them to... Uh, I forget to what, what newspaper, but to some journalist, um, and helps to at least maybe shorten the the Vietnam War or whatnot. But um, he, he yeah, so a, I, I think that that's what he 
fine. Um, because in that situation, you are preventing an ongoing, um, like wrong, um, or you're helping to put a stop to an ongoing wrong like that. Especially when, in the case of whistleblowers, it's almost always um, they're reporting on some sort of like an organization, whether it be a government or a company, that's kind of like likely probably too large for them to do anything individually on their own with anyways. Um, and so there probably is no other recourse to help stop uh, a wrongdoing on that scale. Like also, I guess I should say, I don't think um, there's probably like a problem. Like if you notice your neighbor's house being burglarized, you should probably call the police. Um, but like if I hear from my buddy that like, like, hey man, yeah, last week I like robbed this house. I feel terrible about it, but I did like break into this house da, 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 and I don't think he's likely to do it again. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not calling the police on him. I don't know. <laughs> um, so it seems like part of what's at issue is like the circumstances under which you hear about it. Like when your buddy comes to you and tells you something incompetence, you, you take on something of an obligation to not repeat it. Uh, whereas where it might be different if you saw like your buddy in the act of burglarizing someone else's house, you might still be in the right to call the police in that moment. Uh, I don't know. Or what if, what if, yeah, what if you just saw your buddy and you didn't know? Does it matter if they told you incompetence or they just saw or you just witnessed mm -hmm. it? Good question. If I witnessed my buddy burglarizing a house. Yeah. They probably broke in to play poker. Who knows? <laughs> uh, <laughs> too soon, Logan. Too soon. I was, I think I would probably uh, personally intervene and try and stop them. And then if they did, or at least talk them into stopping, and if they didn't stop, I would probably not get in touch with the police, but with like, try and find the homeowner, <laughs> I think, and be like, hey, I'm aware of a thing happening at your house. And I would just tell my buddy, like, look, you should leave because the homeowner is being made aware. Although I don't feel shitty about that too, actually. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, there's some, something about, something is like, you have a degree of loyalty, I think, to your friends. You shouldn't let them hurt other people. But you should let them feel What did you say? Here, I said so, but you should let them steal things. Uh, I mean, that is hurting other people. So, like, you should, <laughs> you should try to stop them in a way <laughs> That gets them in as little trouble as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I'm coming to after I commit my uh, my next crime. Immediately, Michael Powell's door set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fing fingers crossed you'll be able to hire me as a defense attorney. Um, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the friends and family rate. <laughs> makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael, here's my question. Uh, so how many times would your would your buddy have to violate this trust about not doing it again before you would be like, okay, I'm just turning you in? Because I feel like most of your argument depends on being like, ah, I don't think he's going to do it again. If he does it twice, is it like second time? That, that's mm -hmm. it? Third time? That's a good question. And my immediate reaction was that I would be much more likely to just sort of disassociate from this friend than I would be to actually turn them in, I think. And so do you think the tattletaling thing, I feel like we kind of touched on this, but I'm not sure if we settled. Is that only relevant for for friends or people you have relationships with? Or again, you're just going to not tattle. Is tattletaling the same thing if it's like a total stranger? Is it like you have any loyalty to a total stranger at all? 
if I'm at Walmart and I see a total stranger pocket some goods, I'm not doing anything about that. Oh, um, well, that goes without that goes without saying, right? Everyone. Oh, wait, does that, that go without saying? I that's a big Walmart thing. People too. <laughs> I'm like, come on, you're gonna defend Walmart? Oh God, no. Uh, so this, that's a different question um, that I'm interested in getting into, I think. Um, but yeah, frankly, I think also if I see on the news that like the Volkswagen dealership got robbed and there's four Volkswagens that now parked in my neighbor's driveway that weren't there yesterday, like I'm also not going to say anything about that, I think. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to get caught on their own. So. <laughs> uh so i don't know like even if these people are strangers if the crime doesn't seem to be like maybe directly harmful maybe is my my gut i don't know again i said i only i haven't really thought this all the way through so but if there's like because there is a harm that even with the like the volkswagen or walmart thefts those are um you know there's there's harm being done but it feels so indirect um, yeah. that I feel, whereas like the punishment for the person, if I turn them in, will definitely be very direct, I guess. Um, and so I don't think I could in good conscience turn them in. I don't know if that's the, the determining factor necessarily, but that's my gut thought on it. Okay, this is a dumb question, but let's say you were a police officer. And you saw someone pocket some goods out of Walmart. Like you, this whole law school thing doesn't work out for you. And that's your next job because mm-hmm. why not? Um, would you turn them in or would you arrest them? So if I if I was a police officer, and are we also assuming that I've taken some sort of a, a vow to like uphold the law? I guess so. Um, whatever police officers do, do they take a vow? I don't know. We may know. Um, I don't know that's very like i think because i've heard situations of like police officers being like all right we're just gonna make you give it back and and tell the person sorry you'd at least you'd at least stop them yeah if i was a police officer, yeah but that's because i have baked into that like i have accepted a role in which i must do certain things one of which is stop crimes that i'm aware of i think yeah okay here's a here's a the IACP, International Association of Chiefs of Police, Law Enforcement, Oath of Honor. On my honor, I will never betray my integrity, my character, or the public trust. I will always have the courage to hold myself and others accountable for actions. I will always maintain the highest ethical standards and uphold the value of my community and the agency I serve. Huh, it's really big. It is very vague. Um, I could tell by the way Katie was reading it that she thought that was a funny vow for a cop to take. (laughs) I will never betray the public trust. Every (laughs) officer has upheld that one for sure. Um, So I think, but I do think that covers it. I think think you're obligated as a police officer to tell on the guy stealing a lollipop from Walmart. Uh, Yeah, I think probably so. Um, if you work at Walmart, are you then also obligated to do something because it's now part of your job? Probably you're not supposed. To. Good question. Um, Retail workers yeah. aren't supposed to. Yeah, you're probably like not actually supposed to like intervene in any way, but 
but you might like be supposed to call a cop or something. Yeah, you probably are supposed to do something like that. When I worked at Ulta, this is which I only worked there for like a month, but um, this is they explain this as being very standard, which is that they have like one person who watches the cameras and they check to see if somebody's stealing, and all the other people in the store are not supposed to say or do anything, and like whoever's checking security cameras can choose to something or not. But it's basically for safety. They just say, don't get involved. This that makes sense. Yeah. So they have a strict no snitching policy yeah. at Alta. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, they were like, just don't just like go walk up to them and be like, how are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> and then just like make them feel uncomfortable, basically. Like, like, can I help you with something? You know, that's it. Yeah. So you're only, you're only, the only reason you would actually tattle on someone is if is to prevent further wrong to others and there is no there is no moral obligation outside of that and in fact it's almost a little bit wrong to do it outside of that because you view it as like a like a game between uh the the thief and the person they're stealing stealing from or the wrongdoer and the wrong the people being wronged and like the police are involved in that game but like you're you're not playing that i don't know Maybe that sounds kind of plausible. Um, if someone has been wronged, it is probably good um, to help them sort of right that wrong to the extent that that's possible. Well, when little battle tailing, a lot of times they feel like the wrong has been done to them. Like, you know, somebody took a marker and we had debate. So this is their attempt at interest. Usually when kids tattletale in school, they're usually tattletaling because they saw somebody do something wrong and they want the validation of like, oh, I was able to spot it out. Let me go tell the teacher. At least when I was growing up, I felt like a lot of kids I feel like they, they might like the validation, but that's not yeah. the same thing as saying you're doing it for the public interest. Well, I yeah. I'm doing it for their own. They, they feel wrong. A lot of times it's because they feel somehow they were, they had to wait, they had to do the thing, they rules. This other person is not. So if it's, even if they're not doing it for the public interest, it is still for the public interest because they're telling on someone that was wronged by someone else. So it is like they are watching. I mean, I don't know. Well, where do you go to like, to like a kid? Like, my, you were just at Boring Camp. Mm-hmm. When a toddler tailor comes to you and snitches or whatever, what is now your responsibility to react to that? I mean, it depends on what, in, in specifically my capacity as like a volunteer, it depends on what the issue is they're tattletailing on. If it's something that genuinely is like not a legitimate issue, I just tell the kid like, hey, that doesn't really sound like it's any of your business. Um, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> and then that's usually enough. Like, <laughs> Was that kid wrong to come to you to make sure that it was like, maybe they're snitching and saying, like, this could be something, this could also be nothing. Adults are better judges at that. I feel like things is more common. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe. Um, usually you know when a little kid comes up to you, though, and they're like, Tommy was standing up on the top bunk when he wasn't supposed to be standing up. And you're like, okay, that's not like, you're just telling me that because you want to get Tommy in trouble. Like, stop. Like, you're not helping anything. You're just... Like, is it dangerous for Tommy to be standing up with a little bu- on the top bunk? Yeah, it's a little bit dangerous. And I'll probably, like, walk by to make sure there isn't a bigger issue, I guess. But 
also you're just being a tattletale like stop it buddy you're not you're not being cool uh i don't know and then like um as in the more adult world i guess if i were to be like oh my neighbor's smoking smoking crack in their backyard like um okay that's none of my business like that's their they can smoke crack in their backyard if they want <laughs> yes it's illegal and like yes i guess I, I could get them in trouble um but if i was a cop and someone was like, my neighbor's smoking crack in their private backyard. I'd be like, dude, stop. Uh, <laughs> like, I guess I'll go do my fucking job now. But like, come on, man. You fucking talented. <laughs> I'm kind of like not on board with this anti-snitching for little kids thing, though. I have to be I have to be real with you here. I think it's annoying. for the benefits of snitching. I think that little kids don't understand what's a big deal and what's not and what's right and what's wrong and having rules helps to give them that grounding of like how you're supposed to behave and when it's like seem seemingly to them arbitrarily enforced or not then it becomes really difficult for them to like understand what's important to follow so like if you're like okay like standing on the top bunk whatever don't bring it up then it starts to make i think like small children or young children think well, if I could stand on the top bunk, then why can't I like run out in the middle of the road? It's no big deal. A car's not going to come. And it's just like difficult for s children to understand that there's like a gradient there. And so I think that for a lot of kids, the tattling is, yes, it's kind of to get somebody in trouble, but it's also because they need to know that like they have to follow these rules or or else. And if they feel like that or else is no longer there, then kind of rocks their world a little bit like kids really need a lot of structure to like feel safe here you know what i mean wait so i have a question for you michael um if you were a friend and they committed murder thought you had nothing to do with it but you saw them and now the detectives are asking you did you see him or her like kill this person would you snitch on them or is that snitching yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's totally snitching. And do I think I would snitch on them? Um, <laughs> probably not. Like, maybe. Um, if, like, I was out with a friend and they're like, oh, hey, watch this. I do this shit all the time. And then they were like, bang, like, shot some homeless person. And then the detectives were asking me about it. I would be like, all right, this guy may have a pattern of a problem here. Whereas, like, uh, if... Oh, man, I don't know. This is... Get charged as... I should have brought this up on a recorded session, considering I'm looking at going into the law, maybe. Uh, <laughs> what is smoke that last name? No one will know. I guess my, my it, problem, if somebody asks you as like a person of authority at any age, at any point in life, that is no longer snitching. That is like an obligation to tell the truth. Yeah, if you're in the courtroom, like, the Fifth Amendment applies to you and your spouse if you have one. It doesn't apply to anyone else. And you can't be like, oh, that's snitching. Like, okay, we'll just put you in the court. Like, it's not a rule. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, what about in instances where you're not innocent? Um, what about, like, let's say, um, let's say you purchasing illegal drugs. Wait, can we can we go back to Katie's children thing real quick? Because I oh, yeah, sure. she had a point actually uh, that because uh, I was I was thinking like the appropriate reaction for little children if someone does something minor like you'd want them to enforce that among themselves like you don't you'd actually kind of want like if a kid runs out into the road like the other kids would be like hey you shouldn't do that there's a truck coming 
and like pull, like stop them or uh or like even more minute if someone like cuts in line i like i don't want to hear about it as the teacher but i'd want the little kids to be like get 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 back to fucking line because i don't want them to to accidentally raise and reinforce this guy who's gonna be a line cutter the rest of his life like that is a terrible outcome so you'd want them to at least enforce i think the optimal is like they enforce it among each other and then they develop like you know social mores or whatever um, I agree with you. Actually, that that does make a lot of sense. Uh, but if you punish tattler, if like that person just like no, and you punish tattlers, and like that guy cut in line, now they're never going to get there. I don't know. I, so I'm not saying we should punish tattlers necessarily, but um, <laughs> but like there's a line to which they ought to not be indulged. <laughs> Probably. Um, hmm. No, I mean, so to speak to the, the children point, I agree to an extent um, with the idea, like look, what you're saying all makes sense that I think kids ought to probably self-enforce as much as we can. Hey, Keeve. Okay. Uh, just heads up, we're, we're talking about snitching and tattletales. Um, best, um, <laughs> um, you okay, bud? But I think... We might be underestimating kids' ability to like parse nuance, um, like that. Not that they like have it to the extent an adult does, but this is also kind of like where you pick up on that. Like, is growing up and learning like which things ought to be reported, I guess, and which things ought not to be reported. Um, like that's that is a part of growing up, also. Um, and kids are capable of doing that for the most part. They might every once in a while. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think you should, like, when a kid comes in tattletales about something insignificant, um, like, I don't know, like, uh, Michael threw his candy across the room. Um, like, okay, Michael threw his candy across the room. Tell him not to do that. Um, don't tell me. Like, uh, and, and, like, fine. But, like, so maybe they, they need to do that so they know, like, okay, this was not a significant thing to actually tell someone about. I can, I'm capable of, of dealing with this without having to go to some authority figure. Um, yeah. All right, so Michael, even if we were to buy that, so you're saying there are things that are significant, worth tattling about, and things that aren't, mm -hmm. and we want kids to develop that on their own. You're also saying that you wouldn't tattle on a murderer, which <laughs> you never, you were never taught this lesson. Yeah, I was maybe not taught. I was maybe taught. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was leaned too hard in the don't tattle light. Right? Yeah, not <laughs> The lie, like the, I've always tattling is something different. That's why I'm like, oh, I wasn't a tattletale for Logan. If my parents asked me point blank a question, I would tell the truth. But that's something totally different to say lie to a cop and be like, I don't know, I didn't see it. Well, first of all, there's a difference between actively lying and just refusing to provide information. Um, yeah, like I would, I'm not advocating like you should like help your friend develop an alibi. But you can, by all means, just like not help incriminate them. Also, um, you could say nothing, but then wouldn't that go against your own integrity? Depend. I don't know. It depends on the issue, I guess. Or the suck. If are we still talking about murder? Like, if if I know somebody who's committed a murder, saying nothing. Well, there's a problem. Depending on I think the situation, it will probably be wrong. I guess. Um, when it comes to a murder, probably. Michael, another thing I'm confused about here is is how you can continue to 
consider someone a close friend after finding out they have murdered someone? I mean, I I, I haven't actually experienced this in real life. So. Well, I know, but I guess even theoretically, it, to me, it would just be like, if I knew someone who murdered someone, I have no more loyalty to them. We are not friends. Like, that's that's it for sure. I can't really imagine a circumstance that somebody murders someone and I'm like, that's cool with me. You know what I mean? What if they killed your father? What if your name is Diego Rontoire? <laughs> <laughs> right out of the Um... I'm actually, I have no Betsy's. That's what it is. Yeah. Are you only friends with people who've like never done bad things in their lives? Well, no, but I think that using the example of murder is kind of, is so like, that it, extreme enough. It's, it's crossing a line where it's like almost becoming too difficult to talk about because it's so far beyond the line. You know what I mean? Obviously, I like if we were I think we should almost switch maybe the circumstance to like stealing because probably most of my friends have stolen something, including myself. And I don't know if murder's that far off. We just live in a society where it's like convenient that we don't have to like kill each other. But like our ancestors were doing plenty of it. What No that's like it's like the definition of a state is that they've got a monopoly on legitimate violence. Whenever it's not, yeah. It's not, it's not particular to our society that like <laughs> randomly kill people. <laughs> well, in fact, I think when almost any society is formed, it seems likely to me that we're not going to kill each other. It's probably like a very early on ground rule. Kind of. I mean, or they put a bunch of rules around it. Yeah. 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 We're I feel like Logan and Mike did say something important of when you're in the position of power and somebody snitches you, the best course of action for things that you deem insignificant is to encourage them to police themselves. I feel like that's the most, it's not to punish the snitcher, like we said, but to, to just be like, yeah, good point. You go see if you can help them out a better way to deal with this situation rather than cut in line. And like, have murder the, the murderer. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean for the little kid example. Yeah. So let's go with a less extreme example because I'm interested in this also. Is is in instances where both parties are guilty to an extent. Um. So like 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 I, I want to let's if we're let's say we're buying drugs, um, that are illegal, and after I I I've purchased some drugs that were illegal. And then I, in the process of using them, I get caught by the police and the police tell me, well, look, you're facing such and such a crop, you know, a penalty for this. If you help us out and you help, you know, you need your dealer, we'll let you off because that's a much bigger fish for us to fry. I think that is, there's like, no, you've both done something. If, if it's wrong, you're both basically equally wrong. Like one sold, one bought. Um, you're both engaging in the same wrongdoing. So in that scenario, you're just sort of like throwing someone else under the bus so that you get off. Uh, seems very wrong to me. Even though the other person also did the wrong thing, like maybe the, even if that's let's say the other person is actually getting at the exact same punishment you would otherwise. Say like you're going, you're looking at two years, or you can turn this other person in who's going to get two years. It still feels very wrong to tell maybe what even i think even if they're gonna get a lesser punishment it still feels wrong to tell so that that's uh this is curious because um your previous criteria for tattling is was ongoing 
harm. And there's if you would accept the beginning that like the dealer is causing harm, then they're pretty much certainly going to continue to cause harm. So I don't know that I necessarily would accept that premise in this situation. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Well, so that that's a little different then because then the dealer's not doing something you would accept as morally wrong. So under no circumstances, I guess. I mean, so let's keep going with this. But uh, so never mind. I guess I don't know. So I get yeah. So this is a scenario where you don't think that the action per se is wrong. However, it is against the rules. And you are in trouble and have been caught for it. You can basically pass the blame onto this other person who has also broken the rules, but that feels very wrong. Even though you both did broke the rules just the same, it feels very wrong to pass the blame onto them. I agree that it feels wrong, but also it's because it kind of feels like a switch. Um, like a snitch is a person that's that's usually not a part of it. So if you're willing to partake in the bad thing, you you now need to accept any of the consequences on yourself. Like you weren't you had the opportunity to snitch when you first found out that this guy's drugs. The minute you bought drugs from him, you've changed your position in that so you are guilty. Therefore, you're among the people that like shouldn't snitch. I think particularly amongst things like organized crime or or the drug trade snitches are almost always people who are directly involved with it yeah but those are the snitches that i disagree with now i'm like these are no longer kids trying to help people these are people trying to like get out of something and get ahead they're not trying to yeah i, I think part of this is that uh, you're inflicting harm on the dealer only mm-hmm. to benefit yourself i think it might be different if uh if same same scenario, except instead of being caught, you just decide that this was a morally wrong action all along. You turn yourself in, and you say, "Also, this dealer is engaged in like doing something like not not just for bargain, but you just get the about face in your mentality. You think that oh, I've done something wrong. I'm also going to stop this guy. Um, and you don't get any benefit for it. I think that might be morally defensible." Maybe even good if you actually believe it's a wrong thing. That maybe I think that's there's likely there's sort of two different actions that you, that are that are necessarily intertwined. One is one of which is probably good and one of which is bad. Um, so I think that like let's say you're a member of a gang or something like that, and this a maybe even a violent gang, and. Um, you decide to leave that life behind and you, you, you know, turn yourself in to, to admit for these crimes. You, If you are also, I guess, snitching on the other members of this violent gang and you're preventing them from doing some further harm, that might be a good thing. But simultaneously, there's a separate action of betraying the trust that you had. Like you, by, by being, by associating with them, you had sort of made a pact or a promise, whether it was explicit or implicit, that you would not do exactly what you're doing and so you are violating that which i think is wrong so i think it's two separate actions which are unavoidably intertwined one of which is probably good and the other of which is wrong that's interesting i kind of like that um that also reminds me of uh in theory of moral sentiments adam smith had a, an example 
where he was talking about how it's good to keep your promises. And he's like, well, there could be a scenario where you made a promise to do something that you knew was evil and did it under duress. Like they held a gun to your head and you, they, you said that you'd uh, steal something for him or something like that. I, I don't forget what the exact, I don't even think he gives an exact scenario, but um, he's like, in that case, it wouldn't be immoral to break your promise since the thing you're doing is immoral and you made it under duress. But he's like, but it still would have been the better thing never to have made that promise and just taken the bullet to the head. He's like, is the would have been the the morally optimal thing to do. Um, but I kind of like that in this scenario that like you you the wrong thing is that you're breaking a you've broken a promise to this uh, to this dealer. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was no pr- there was no promise, but it was implicit. Based on what? That you bought from them. Based on the social pattern of action that when you commit crimes with other people, <laughs> you, you don't talk about them to authority figures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess two things there. Go ahead, Ned. So, so first of all, when we eventually do come up with Philosophy Club Bingo, uh, Logan quoting Adam Smith is going to be the easiest square to get by far. <laughs> Um, and the second, so Michael, do you think that when you become friends with someone, you have some implicit pact to allow a certain degree of wrongdoing for that friend? You are in their corner to a certain extent, I think. Yes. Um, you have, yeah, like the, and maybe the degree of closeness varies the extent to which, um, yeah, I think yes, Ben, I think yes. There is an implicit um, trust there that you would be wrong to violate. That doesn't mean you maybe ought not still violate it sometimes if the situation is correct. Um, but it may just be that you are, yeah, just like with, with that, yeah, you're doing a wrong by violating the trust, but also doing a good by preventing whatever harm it is that they're trying to do. Like if Logan called me and needed help or contacted me somehow and he needed help burying a body... I wouldn't ask questions. I'd just be like, okay, like, I got you. I know a guy who has a boat. Let's get some chains. <laughs> we got this. <laughs> Akeem, it's a short but distinguished Rolodex, and you're on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of like that, actually, because it's it seems like if you just took, like, the, the perfectly opportunistic approach or, like, like just abandoned friends at like the at the first like badish thing they did if it was like even if it was small then they'd be essentially the same thing as like someone you don't know at all like if someone you don't know at all walks up to you in a subway and is like kind of mean a little bit like it'd be perfectly reasonable to never speak to them ever and but if like a friend is like a little mean one time like it'd be it might be reasonable to think oh maybe something's going on with this friend that i should investigate um and so it kind of makes sense that you at least give a little bit depending on the closeness like uh, a lot of leeway for the behaviors of the of your friends. I I almost feel like I'm taking a very different approach where I feel like you should extend that type of courtesy more freely to people you don't know, but but also that like the amount of the depths of like loyalty in like these extreme circumstances that you guys seem to feel for your friends. I don't I don't really feel anymore. Like, I feel like you should probably just treat every person the way you just described. Like, somebody's kind of mean. You should kind of be like, 
more concerned and and kind and extend more courtesy to them. But then as if my friend raped or murdered someone, we are not friends. If my friend steals something, probably I'm going to look past it because it's just property, which is like less important to me. But as soon as the thing becomes violent, I don't really think that that's Katie. That's why I said I wouldn't ask questions. Like, no <laughs> question. <back. laughs> Katie, hey, do you, what if you had a friend um, who was like a violent drunk, not like violent, like in the, not in like a, in like, like they go out, if they're out of the bar, they're the kind like of in a fun violent way. Like, <laughs> yeah, not like a spousal abuse kind of way. Cause that's pretty awful. But like in like the, like, like they're out of the bar and somebody like bumps into them wrong and they just get into an argument really easily. Um, like I know people who are kind of like that. Uh, and while I don't agree with that behavior, it doesn't stop me from being their friend in any way. And what's more, I probably have their back in that fight that they're kind of starting um, because of this, like, this tie. Uh, and right. because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I if I was in that circumstance, it's... I mean, what... Katie, if you get into a bar fight, I would have your back. Yeah. I, I actually used to be kind of like that when I was in college. Get, like, really angry and I would, when I was drunk and I would be like, going up to the men in a group and just being like fucking like fight me just fight me like i just want to like i could hit you so hard right now and obviously nobody would ever do that that's like it was just like a pent-up rage about men i think so i guess i have some compassion for that uh i guess this is kind of the instance that you were describing of like the best the best thing to do is like self police you know if i'm seeing two people fighting i'm going to probably try to stop it myself but i'm also probably not going to hold back on calling in whatever kind of help necessary to stop it further if it becomes out of hand and if it becomes a serious problem i think that's kind of like okay then you need to sit down and have a real intervention or a trend uh but not call the police on them or you call the police on them i i have basically um like your friend has just started a rip-roaring bar brawl and there's a cop outside of the other bar across the street who hasn't noticed. Do you get their attention or do you go in and help your friend settle things? Uh, I think I would attempt to help first. I It's actually funny you brought this up because this just happened to me like two days ago. I was walking in a park in the middle of the day and I heard a man screaming at a woman and I heard her first say, you're really scaring me. And then I saw him following her and screaming at her. And so I stopped and I was like, do I call the police? Like, what do I do? I don't want to jump to calling the cops, but I'm five four. So what am I going to do? And then I just saw some, I just like looked around and I saw this like really strong, like buff, like probably six, three dude walking towards me. And I was like, Hey, like, can you go help me? Stop this? And we basically just both stood there and just watched them until like it kind of died down. And like the guy, the guy who was screaming was like threatening the big guy that I was standing next to. But then like I, we saw them next to each other. And the guy who was screaming originally was probably like 150, 200 pounds smaller than the guy I was sitting next to. So the guy that like I got involved was just kind of like laughing, like, what are you going to do? Um, so I that's exactly what I would do, I guess, is attempt to like self-police. And me and this guy were like, should we call the cops? Like, should we stop this? This woman could get hurt. And basically, we're able to do the self-policing thing. Um, but I if basically at any point in my life if i feel like a woman is going to be hurt i'm going to call the cops that's kind of like been my that's my my bottom line you know what i mean 
I guess because I'm a woman and I felt like, I feel like if I'm out and some man is threatening me and somebody doesn't like do whatever it takes to stop that, I would feel wronged by that. So that's kind of how I approach it. I would like off of that story, it, it kind of made me realize something. I appreciate a snitch in a child a lot more than I do in an adult. And it's not because I, I think it differs as you get older. Maybe a little bit of like you should be able to judge what you can handle and what you can't. But because I, the older I get, the more I realize that these authority figures aren't always the best judge of how to handle situations. Whereas when I'm a kid, I go to my teacher because my teacher can tell me if the kid throwing a candy bar is an issue and they need to be suspended or if the kid throwing a candy bar is something I need to just figure out how to self-police. But now in a even when Even when you were a kid, your teachers were better at judging that? No, I think I just had, I had more trust in authority um, the older I get and the more power I get as an adult, the more I realize that it's like, oh, I'm not going to go call the police on a black guy fighting with another black guy in the street right away because I don't necessarily trust how the police would handle that situation because of like how it's been portrayed in the media and all sorts of things like that. Or like a situation where a man's yelling at a woman. I don't necessarily trust that the police would handle it in the way that I would want them to and they'd be a good judge of, oh, this is just snitching or this is something I need to intervene with. I feel like I have less trust across the board of how people handle those situations. Yeah, I'd, uh, I I like that a lot. I think it um it goes there's like proportionality is at play here where um as a kid in a classroom uh like to get a teacher's attention you're not no one's life is going to be at stake. No one's life is even, even going to be like severely changed by whatever the teacher decides to do. Even like even if she, they suspend them for a week, everybody's going to be fine. There's no 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 problem. Um, but with the uh, man and the woman in a disagreement in the park, calling a police officer is almost like pulling a gun on the guy. Um, and there could be something you don't understand. So like. It's it'd be almost to the point where if like guy pulled out a knife or a gun, then it'd be like clearly acceptable to pull the police officer and th- call the police officer. At that point, it'd also be acceptable to like pull out a gun and point it at the guy. But like you could think of them almost as analogous. But until Mexican it can stand off, yeah, until it reaches the point where it'd be justified to pull out a gun, it might not be justified to pull out the policeman to call a policeman because that's almost the same level of like potential violence you're introducing. So I think it is like you you there is like proportional response like getting a big dude is like proportional to um, misunderstand like yeah i i think what you did i think katie i think you did the exact right thing i like i was actually outside like two weeks ago and i saw a similar altercation happening this little lady was getting yelled at by this dude and he wasn't particularly yelling at her but i could tell she was like trying to walk away and he would like move in front of her and like block her and he was like talking to her like desperately and i was like i made eye contact with him he calmed down a little bit. I just kept looking at him. And then I went and sat down on the bench across from him. And I just stared at them. And he could, like, see me. And I was just like, I'm just going to wait here until something happens. Or it doesn't happen. And then, like, their family came. And there was, like, little kids and, like, a wife. And it, I think one of their parents were there. And I was like, okay. Um, and it, like, de-escalated. But it was like, I felt like, I was like, oh, shit. This is nerve-wracking. Like, yeah. what's going on? You know? Anyway, he probably beat her later that time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So funny. Fuck. <laughs> I should have kept following them. I should have followed them throughout the night. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I um thanks again. 
yeah i yeah i that was my he was like my teacher like it costs it costs nothing to get this guy involved very little was at the same the other guy i should also say the other guy was flipping picnic tables and stuff so like becoming aggressive enough that i was like okay he's like getting physical the next step is like person on person violence yeah just for curiosity's sake if the guy you got all of a sudden was like don't worry i'll handle this whips out a gun then was, <laughs> yeah. do you, were you totally wrong to involve somebody like just because you got lucky on the random guy in the street i think there's also random crazy people yeah so, like wrong that. to involve somebody you don't know well yeah no it's true it's true i mean it's not i i, I selected him and felt safe enough to go up to him because of i don't know certain stereotypes i had about his appearance i guess like he she did. was like, no, we're nice. I choose you. <laughs> she dropped her handkerchief. Look, you, if it was Ben Greenewald, you can just say Ben Greenewald was the hero of this story. <laughs> <laughs> he looks actually like my little brother, which I think is why I felt comfortable. I was just like, I just walked up to him and I was like, hey, just talk to me right now and pretend like we know each other. And he was kind of like, what? <laughs> like, it's like, don't, don't freak out, but something's going down. And it was, it was cool. We, um, uh, we had a nice little time. <laughs> but what if the person you grabbed, you thought it was a Ben Greenwald and it ends up being, and a you key. know, and a key. Yeah. Is this guy, Robert De Niro, care, like concealed carrying, carrying and like taxi driver and looking for. Wait, wait, wait. Am I carrying somebody? a gun in this scenario? No, 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 no. no the the, the wait, crazy Logan, guy. Why couldn't wait, Logan go first? <laughs> what did you know? The, the crazy guy, you like, what if the big guy pulls a gun and, uh, all of a sudden um like if he's looking for an excuse to murder somebody then that's not on you for picking the wrong guy he's looking yeah. for an excuse to murder somebody no uh, not even that he murders that he his way of handling i'm just saying people have different ways to gauge it this person read that situation and based on their life experience thought oh i need to go tackle the guy or something like it doesn't have to be but <laughs> but then Wait, were what? you wrong to involve a stranger that you don't know how they'll handle it and how they'll react. I don't Not think- if you had some reason to, if if you, if they, unless, if this person wasn't demonstrating that they're like some socially abnormal person, um, then no, because you have every expectation that they'll behave like a socially normal person. Normal person. And also you can't know. There's just like that. That's like, there's no intervention that could you could possibly know like what the result would well, be. That's where I'm, I'm trying to get to. Why is it better to ask a random stranger when we have more faith in a random stranger than to call the police and trust that they won't pull their guns well, on it's somebody? Probably, it's also like a time thing. Like, yes. it takes time to call the police. Like, I yeah. parked in the wrong place once and a guy was like, you can't park there. And I was like, whatever, dude. And he was like, I'm going to call the cops. And I was like, I'm here for five minutes. Do it. And so... Like, I got my stuff and went on my day and the cops never came. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So, like, that's, that's like, my go-to strategy downtown Columbia is, like, I'll park somewhere where there's a tow zone if I'm going to be out in 10 minutes. Go ahead. Try and get a tow truck here before I leave. Try it. Yeah. Do I, something. I think there's just, like, an inherent power imbalance, like, with the police because there's so much that they can do to you, even aside from just actual violence. Like, they could just, like, potentially ruin your life with, like, a, a fine or a ticket or whatever so um i Baby think he walks up to them like i just want you to ruin my life right now just want you to land right now please please i'm i'm begging for a fight but Keith, you got my back right <laughs> <laughs> no katie <laughs> oh. so i i think that's the difference and and also 
Um, like, I didn't tell the guy, like, go walk up to him and start something and, like, go handle it. I just said, like, just, like, stand here with me so I feel comfortable and, like, so we can make a decision on what to do if it does, like, escalate. I think it also would have been different if I was, like, if, if for some reason I told this guy, go talk to that guy and, like, force him to stop. And he also complied. Hey, go kick that guy's ass. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> You go up to him. Would you die for me? Um, I feel like that's also a difference. Is that the police are like, it's like their job is to is to specifically go in and and like and handle it. We're not handling, and he was just witnessing and like being prepared. Yeah, yeah. I feel like police are for violent interactions like that right that's like the thing that they're geared towards that's why this other person is capable of a more layered response because like he's not ex- like if you call a police officer to an emergency i assume that they're expecting violence um yeah i feel like that's our that's our problem as a country is that they are expecting violence and people call them for reasons that are really not violent and and then they bring that into a situation so you would so that's kind of people have failed to learn the nuances of tattletaling, and that's the that's the cause for police violence in this country. Is uh, <laughs> they, they they have, they've it's been the fault. It's the people's fault for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think at the end of the day, like the police represent a body of our society. Like they represent it. They're a representation. Like they are the people. They're part of society. So. It's all of us. We're fucked, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Okay, I have to peace out, guys, but lots to think about. Have a good rest of your conversation. Bye, everybody. Bye, McKenzie. Bye. All right, Mike, so let me try this example on you. Yeah, please. You find out that your friend has stolen a significant amount of money from a family you know to be destitute. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not enough such that the children are going to starve but it's going to put this family at a significant hardship and your friend has no need for that money. What should you do? All right. So first thing I'm doing is I'm talking to the friend, right? I mean, of course. Um, but we're forced okay, to friend says, I'm not giving this. it back. Yeah, How much is- money are we talking, Ben? Like I said, so not enough that their kids are going to start. You know, but like how much money? Can you give me a number? Does it? Uh, why, okay. Why does it matter, Akeem? Because I want to cut. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah. So the friend is not going to give it back. Friend's not going to give it back, and they've stolen money from the family across the street, who is struggling. I don't know why they're across the street, but sure. This is just this is just a picture in my head. It's the family <laughs> across the street, and they're struggling. And my buddy's been going over and pulling their support checks out of the mailbox before the right, sure. arrived and signing them and getting them himself. Yeah. Um, so it seems like one option you could do is try and steal back from your friend and give it back to resolve the situation if you're so averse to tattling. But at the end of the day... Here's another one. I would be more likely to tell the family than I would be like an authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but that may just be a cop out. Like that might just be like, hey, take this out of my hands. This problem that I don't want to, that I'm uncomfortable dealing with. Now it's your problem to deal with. 
Um, well, I, no, I think it, it should be. It is their problem, though. It is your problem, too, but it's it's like they have the right to know, and then they can choose whether they want to like just deal with it at a, at a like one-on-one level with the guy and be like, hey, give us the money back, or call the cops. Yeah, and realistically, I think what I would probably do is I would give my friends some sort of like an ultimatum. Like, look, man, this is not cool. You need to either like give them the money back or at the very least stop. I don't know. It depends on what the situation was and how ongoing. And like, and if if not, I'm gonna have to tell the people you're stealing from that you're stealing from them. And then, and then I guess yeah, let them to do deal with it as they see fit. Why do I feel like this is a more harsh, strict response than if your friend was murdering someone? I feel like your view yeah. is more like we gotta really because well, this is like an ongoing issue. A murder is in. Yeah, murder is done. It's happened. It's done. What's done? It's done, mom. <laughs> Us is the best. Let's go next stepbrothers. So, uh, I I like the um, I actually like telling the family because I think part of this too is an information problem. And you're in any of these scenarios where you're like not the person wronged, you uh, there might be something going on that you don't understand. So like maybe that family like knows your friend or he's like the the crazy relative. They don't they don't want to get the police involved for whatever reason. Um, and like, there's an information problem that you're solving by putting the party who's been wrong, like just going to the party who's been wrong rather than going to police. So I, I support that aspect of it. Um, it does seem to demand action though. Yeah. In some capacity. So I have another example that might be like more applicable to our lives. And it's definitely applicable to mine in terms of like, I've had, I've known people that have done this, but like, let's say you have. And we can, we can kind of like cater this scenario however we want. But let's say you have a friend, and they're cheating on their spouse, or they're cheating on, like, or they're cheating with someone who's who's married, right? Like, what responsibility do you have to like let other parties know that that's happening, or to like tell your friend like, hey, what you're doing is really fucked up, and like you should probably stop. Like, what? Where do you draw the line? Like, where does it become your business, and where does it become like not your business? I guess is the question in the most inarticulate way. I can't. Um, I've also been in that situation, and I did, and what I would do, I think, continually is tell your friend like this is not right, and you need to fix this in whatever means necessary. Either stop that, stop the cheating, or change your relationship status, whatever that may be. Um, and if the other person, if if the person being cheated on is not your friend, but you know them and you interact with them in some capacity, do you think you have a responsibility to tell them? No, I don't. But I do think it is re- your responsibility to, to to tell your friend what you think about the morality of their actions. And what if what if just like your friend who is stealing from the family, they they're they're unremorseful and they they're going to continue? Yeah, because I've had that happen. Yeah, I no, I I'm having it happen right now, baby. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Focus. I think, I think I, those situations. Go ahead, Katie. Well, I guess I, all I was going to say is that I think that, um, well, for one, I don't really think I'd agree with monogamy. So that makes this a little bit less of a serious action for me, even though I. Well, it's not even, the, it's not even about the monogamy, it's about the fact that they, put, they like made a contractual commitment. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes it's theological one. Yeah, I guess, but I guess that's my reasoning for why it's less serious to me. Um, it's a dishonesty, though. There's like a level of dishonesty. There's a level of taking away truth from a person who would feel violated 
how important how important is truth though you know and what and what is the truth what do you mean it's like it's the truth it's like it's important like especially in 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 like in in friendships i think it's probably the most important thing like being honest and like in relationships like honesty is the most important thing but like this person's actively violating someone's sense of truth and like the basis with on which we develop relationships, which is trust. And like, it's actively being violated, right? And they're actively doing that with someone else. Like, I think that's like really wrong. Well, I think- um, So like, wrong that like in my situation, I told the person like, hey, listen, I can't like talk to you as long as this is happening. Cause like I've, I've voiced my opinion, but I don't think we should continue speaking like even as friends for as like, anyway. I was just like, I can't like hear about this. It yeah. like makes me, it makes me like somewhat sick. Yeah. No, just, yeah, just, I mean, a, yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. I can tell you're passionate about this. Um, no, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I think it's wrong, but I think on the scale of things that we've just dis been discussing for what's wrong or right, like, I think it is far worse to steal money from other strangers in a needy and needy people or whatever and, and way worse to murder people so i guess all i'm saying is that to place that on this spectrum this is like way on the like lowest end uh comparatively that being said okay. once again my 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 thing is to continue to confront it how like like michael i think like michael and his friend who murders someone i have enough loyalty to my to my friends in this circumstance to be like i think what you're doing is wrong but it doesn't mean like i don't love you and can't be your friend it's good what do you guys think well so i was going to say earlier that i actually think these two situations are distinct and the reason for it is because in the example of stealing money from a uh, a homeless or a poor person your intervention could resolve that situation like your friend giving the money back, it doesn't make it better, but it does resolve the situation in a way. But your friend can't uncheat on someone. So Wait, it's sort of like let's say the friend can't give the money back. Like they've spent the money. They're actively mm -hmm. stealing every month from this family. Um, and they are actively spending the money. They could stop actively stealing, but they can't give the money back. Mm. Nice, Michael. Jagger. <laughs> This is a visible off screen. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to formulate this, and I guess I'll start by what I'm thinking out loud, which is, which is that I think that like the psychological harm of being cheated on is something that people recover from all the time, and is like something that's not good to experience, and nobody wants to experience it. But it's kind of like. That's just like probably going to happen to you at some point. I mean, I mean, we all recover from the economic harm of being like getting our money stolen, and look at the federal federal income taxes. I I guess so. I guess I don't think that that's I I don't think that it's the same like that you can just recover from that kind of financial harm because you can be taking away um, certain comforts or experiences that can like be seriously detrimental. Like, like in this ex in this example of like the kids who are not going to starve, but like, are they going to go to college? You know, are they going to be able to like have a car to drive around and continue to work their lives? Are they going to have to sell their house and move? Like, it I, it just becomes like another level of like problems. If somebody gave me a blanket scenario where somebody said, 
this person stole some money, this person cheated on their wife. I would trust the person who, and I have to choose one person trust just based on that information. The person who cheated on their wife, I would automatically trust less. And that's just how I feel. That's just like yeah. feelings. I, I I agree. Actually, like I'm I'm with you, Katie. I have the exact opposite intuition as you on this. Is that I the money thing to me is such a lesser crime yes. than the than the infidelity that yeah. Um, my my we're not saying that there. I don't have I don't know that I have a, any reason I can say why one is worse than the other. But just that my lived experience and intuition on that is that the infidelity is dramatically worse than having. I the, think it's worse because it's a, it's a crime against the. It's like a crime against your soul. It's like a crime against like your sense of like stability like like mental emotional stability like a crime against your reality like it devastates your sense of reality like and if your sense of reality is like i can trust this person like this won't happen like and they devastate that i think that's like way more um, to me it's just like yeah i don't know long before yeah 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 i feel like it sucked for like a couple weeks and then i was like all right that's have you been robbed from before? It sucked for like a yeah. day, and then I was like, well, "Yeah, I've been robbed." I have less money. Yeah, and then you're <laughs> like, "Whatever, it's just money." Yeah, it's just money. It's money. It's just things. I was robbed. I had I had like hundreds of dollars robbed when I was very much so living like day to day on on dollars, like in pennies, and um, and it was not nearly as bad. Yeah, really. You no, know, like if my if like my best friend robbed, like stole from me, like, and like. Then I would be like, then it would be like a greater crime. Yeah. Um, or like, it, I would feel it way more deeply because again, it devastates my sense of trust. So it's not about the actual money. It's about the sense of trust. Just like if my best friend like lied to me about something really important. And like, again, it's, it's the devastation of my, of, of my sense of reality and my sense of trust. And so that to me, like, because I interact in a world where like, I like, want to i'm a human and i want to establish trust and build relationships like having that done to you i think violates one of the most fundamental aspects of, of living um and so yeah it's i think it's way it feels way worse i honestly think it is worse and wow large ways i got cheated on my birthday a couple of years ago and it like wow. sucked like three days, and then it was kind of like we got back together, and I was like, "That's probably fine." <laughs> I don't feel that depth of um, issue with it. I guess I don't know. So I guess it's hard for me to fathom that it's so like earth shattering. That's how I feel about theft, though. Um, I don't. I just don't. It doesn't doesn't seem earth shattering to me. Like oh, like oh yeah, that was bad. I'm not happy that it happened. Um, pretty bad about it, but like, but I'm fine. <laughs> yep. Yep. I guess I haven't had money stolen from me, so maybe that's why it seems scarier as a prospect of what what it could how bad it could be. Taxes. Yeah. Plus, um, with the money incident, uh, like there's a clear like law that's been broken, so there's like legal uh, implications that there might not be to, uh, especially if it's just like a partner, if, like being cheated on and there's no ramifications whatsoever so it's again the proportionality thing is at play is that you're in the, the stealing something you're you might be bringing in a bigger there's a lot more there too there's a lot more than just like there's so much more to like being cheated on than just like 
the actual act. It's like this whole vision, especially if like, it's a long-term partner, like you've built this whole vision of a future with Zolling. And what they've done by doing that is they've just like thrown, they've taken a bunch of tinder and fuel and poured it all over, you know, the metaphorical house and thrown a match onto it and been like, oh, nope, oops. <laughs> and then it burns in front of your eyes. And so, so that's kind of like, I think that's why it's so devastating. And so I, I got back together with that guy like the next day. So it was fine. <laughs> I don't know. But then also after um, that, I just had only open ish relationships probably for that reason. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I just, I guess I just kind of feel like humans are pretty much hardwired to like not be monogamous. So it, it's less devastating and it's more just like, eh, that's what happens. That went to Othello and his wife. Okay. <laughs> Tell that to Othello and his wife. <laughs> yeah yeah desmond desmond noda or desmond what's her name <laughs> what's, what was her name that's the mother desmona desmond noda desdemona oh desdemona yeah yeah desmond noda sounds like really gross for some reason <laughs> 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 This is my beautiful yo, daughter. Hey, yo, Desmond. Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> Aim her pants to a troll. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, it's interesting. That's an interesting take, Katie. Um, like, I, I guess that, like, I I don't know. I'd like to see like, I'd like to like see like a global survey on how people how it makes people feel. I don't know, like what what it would show. Um, why do you think that we're not hardwired to be monogamous? Because like everything in biology points towards well, a lot of a lot of history. What and everything in biology points to the idea that morality doesn't exist. Um, it's just yeah, I, really, yeah, I don't agree with that. Birds have laws. <laughs> They are biology. They have well, some social sure. mores. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. Like, I think that like morality is still a function of like your your material biology, like the way your brain is working, and like the way like they're all connected. I don't. I don't think that like perhaps. Any, yeah, perhaps. Perchance, <laughs> methinks. What? <laughs> well, do we have anywhere else to go with the snitching topic, or have we kind of run this one dry? Did you say stitches? I think this is actually a, a pretty good... Uh, I think this is almost like a better discussion on friendship and values than our friendship and values discussion. <laughs> this is a better way to attack it. it Maybe. <laughs> I did have another topic if we were ready to move on. Thank you for coming out to our philosophy club. This episode was produced and edited and its music was created by our wonderful multi-talented and devilishly handsome friend sam roller thanks again for listening and until our next session we'll remain your philosophy friends